Good morning, everyone. It is, um, it's my privilege this morning to be able to spend a few minutes sharing with you a little bit about why we value our young people and our youth ministry here at Winchester Vineyard Church so highly. And hopefully on the screen you'll see that our, our vision for young people here, for our vineyard youth, is that they would learn to live and love like Jesus. We want them to be able to be young people who can follow Jesus' example as we find in the New Testament. We've got some Bible verses to come as well. Um, and also, we want them to be able to realize that God loves them and that they can share that love with the people that they meet around them as well, the people they come into contact with, the salt and light that it talks about in Matthew. Um, And to do this, it seems pretty straightforward, doesn't it? Just learn to live and love like Jesus. But actually, it's not that straightforward. In fact, it's very hard. For our young people, what that means is that we're asking them to be countercultural in a culture which doesn't really tolerate those who are deemed to be intolerant. Um, It means that we're asking them to stand up and make a difference in a world where if you're different, that marks you out as someone to be made fun of or picked on or bullied. And because most of our young people are from different areas, they don't all live nearby to the church, they don't all live nearby to each other, they're also in places where they haven't got a lot of support, they haven't got a lot of backup. Some of them could be the only Christians in their schools. And what that means is that we're asking them to do all of this in isolation. Um, They haven't got one another to lean on uh, and to be a big group like they are here at Winchester Vineyard Church. And we're also asking them to do this in in a world where um, they have peers and adults and parents who are dealing with lots of issues. They have um, high value of wanting to to look after each other, but their peers are struggling with things like anxiety and stress and issues around their identity and things like that. And they're doing all of that against the background of simply just being a teenager and transitioning from a a child into an adult. And so what I want to do is I just want to take an egg, okay? So bear with me a second while I get my egg. Because I think being a teenager is a little bit like one of these eggs, okay? They're they're hard on the outside, okay? They've got um, this exterior that they sometimes put up. But inside, they're a bit soft and gooey. They're a bit vulnerable inside. And all these things that I've just mentioned are a little bit like pressure, like peer pressure pressure to conform, the pressure to do this, the pressure to do that, the pressure to, um, to be able to look out for one another when actually all they feel is just an inward yearning to want to have release in some way. And so what happens is the more and more pressure you put on that egg, the more and more stress it comes under and the more and more likely it is just to crack under the pressure. Now this one isn't going to because I've hard boiled it because I don't want to ruin the floor (laughs) or whatever I'm wearing or this microphone. But that's what it's like. Eventually, if you put enough pressure on it, it's going to give and it's going to create a bit of a mess. So we shouldn't really be surprised when our young people are under such a a stress all the time that actually they end up just cracking and create a bit of a mess of their lives, the lives of the people around them. Um, But many of us, obviously, we've all been teenagers at some point, if you're an adult here, um, or maybe you've had teenagers as children that are growing up. And uh, you realise that actually they're going through quite a lot of stuff. They're going through a lot of changes and a lot of stresses in their lives. We've got a little video clip that we're going to play for just a couple of minutes, which hopefully will illustrate this. It's called um, When Kevin Becomes a Teenager from the TV show Harry Enfield and Chums. And there's some slightly fruity language in there, so apologies for that in advance. Thanks. 30 seconds to go before I'm 13, 29, 28, 27. Boing. Can I have some more ice cream, Mum? Kevin, you've eaten all the ice cream in the house, remember? Oh, yeah. Bloody hell, I'm thick, Mr Bean. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. 15, 14, 13, up against Super Mario Kart. Boom, bam, bam, boom, bam, bam, boom, bam, bam. I'm actually going to bed tonight, do I? Go. 
Yes, in five minutes. Remember, you've still got school tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Do mine. Yeah, I'm 13. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, Kevin. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday, Dick. Kevin. Darling, he's losing the power of rational thought. And the use of his arms. He's, he's become a teenager. Kevin! What? It's your birthday, Kevin. Oh, I know! Happy birthday, Kevin. Okay, stop going on about it, will you? Oh, come on, Kevin. You've eaten five tubs on your own this evening, remember? <laughs> so unfair. I hate you. <laughs> Kevin, don't speak to your mum and I like that. What? I didn't say anything. What? 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 No, no, Kevin, that is for the morning. Oh, I can't do anything anymore. <laughs> oh, well, seeing as you've started, at least it'll cheer him up. Super Mario Kart. I hate Super Mario. It's sad. I want a bloody hi-fi. Right, that's it. Off to bed. I am not going to bed. I'm going out. Oh, don't be so stupid, Kevin. You can't go out now. Why not? Because it's 12 o'clock. It's oh. way past your bedtime. It's pouring with rain outside. It's dangerous for a child on his own. You've got nowhere to go and you've got school tomorrow. Oh, 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 oh. That is so unfair. I hate you! <laughs> All right then, I will go to bed, okay? Happy! Good night, Kevin. Don't bloody shout at me! <laughs> Don't worry, darling. It's only a phase. It only lasts for four or five years. <laughs> <laughs> be very familiar to many of you, isn't it, that, uh, that transition? might not have been quite that sudden, but my mum tells me that I went through an opposite um, transition to that when I was about 16, 17, after years of being stuck in my bedroom and communicating through grunts and groans and shouting. One day I came down and offered to help with the dishes and asked about her day, and she said she didn't understand who I was or what had happened. <laughs> so there's a lot that they're going through, but what can we do as a help? What can we do to help, as a church, these young people that God's entrusted to us? Uh, there are a few things. So one of the things we need is we need positive role models. We need people who've been there and done it and got the T-shirt. We need people who have got experience of bringing up teenagers themselves or can remember what it was like to be one, to be a young person. And our young people really love places where they can just be, where they can just be themselves, where they've got safe places to come and to learn and to make mistakes. And when they do mess up, they can try it again without fear of anyone pointing at them or making fun of them or ridiculing them. They love to be challenged and stretched. And they love environments where they can come together with one another to pray together, to worship Jesus together, and to learn to live and love like Jesus did with one another. And so what we need is we need some people to help. We need some people um, like you. Um, this is a meme, an internet meme, so it's relevant to our young people. But the, the picture also is um, something that will be familiar to those of you who remember the war, hopefully. Um, but the point is we need help. And if you're interested in, in being a mentor to a young person, if you think you could host a, a youth life group around your house or come and help lead one of those, 
If you're interested in being part of our kids or youth teams on a Sunday morning or during the week, then we'd love to have a conversation with you. We'd love to be able to have a chat about what that looks like. And the final thing you can do is you can just commit to pray. You know, if you're not able to do any of those things that are very hands-on, what you can do is you can give them their prayer support that they need as well. Um, And it says in the Bible about becoming increasingly transitioned into his likeness. So instead of being like Kevin uh, and becoming a grumpy teenager, what we want our young people to look like is each day we want them to look more and more like Jesus than the day they did before. We want them to be changed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory. And so in just a few moments, I'm going to invite some of our young people up, and they're going to share some stories about what happened to them a few weeks ago at the DTI event. Uh, in case you're not aware, DTI is the Vineyard Church's national youth event, and uh, we had some amazing times there. It was very cold. It was, um, it, well, lack of sleep was a problem as well. But actually, now that that is about two or three weeks ago, I've kind of forgotten most of that, and it's the highlights that we want to share with you today. So we've got a little video that we're going to play, and then the young people will come and just share some of their stories. Thanks. of applause as these guys come up to share their stories. Thank you. So DTI for these young people is, is quite like a, a mountaintop experience for a lot of them. It's a, it's a highlight in their years where, um, you know, a lot of stuff can happen at DTI. And one of the things that does happen, I've got no idea what's going on behind me. 
Uh, one of the things that does happen is quite a lot of them decide to, to make commitments for the first time or to recommit their lives. Um, a lot of them decide that they um, want to follow God in a certain way and they receive kind of confirmation for that calling. Uh, and they also have a great time just worshipping together, coming together with thousands of other young people when they might be the only Christian at home in their school. They can come and join in with their peers and just have a great time. So we're going to hear from each of these guys. So this is JJ, Isaac, Alyssa and Amy. And they've each got a story about what happened to them at DTI. So are you in the right order? No. <laughs> there we go. Okay, Alyssa. Okay, so I was um, in the morning service and I was worshipping. I think it was Good Good Father. And I just felt Jesus saying to me and God just saying to me, like, you need to recommit to my love. So I thought, okay, I want to do this. And after the worship, they said, okay, anyone who wants to recommit or commit to Jesus, come to the front. And I thought, this is for me. So I went up with my friend Alice and um, I felt like there was a hole in my heart before and it was just filled. And I just felt like it was filled. And then they took us out and prayed for us. And I just realized it was May the 4th. And instead of, and then God said to me, instead of saying, may the force be with you, he said, may the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you forever and always. And I just felt that was just like amazing. <laughs> Move on that way. This is JJ. Uh, hi, I'm JJ. I've been going to DTI for a few years now and I've absolutely loved it. So um, the night before... But no, in the tent before the night worship on the last night, um, me and Ollie is just sitting down there. We um we were <laughs> we were kind of feeling like there was no hope because we were quite anxious about going back to school and going back to our actual lives. Um, so we prayed. We prayed to God, uh, if you're real, show us a real encounter tonight. And uh, we went to the evening uh, worship, and halfway through, I just started crying and crying and crying. For about 20 minutes, was it? Roughly. And then um, Christopher, also down there, he, uh, he said, turn these tears of sadness into tears of happiness. And I just burst out laughing. And then I was laughing for about 20 minutes and I couldn't stop. But laughing so much, I had to be sent out. And <laughs> but the people on the stage said they were a bit drunk, but you know, uh, yeah, and that's my testimony. I just felt really peaceful, yeah. Longer than 20 minutes. Uh, next we have Isaac. Uh, so it was my first time going to DTI, but I think the best thing for me is probably in the worship when there's just like certain songs, it's like a trigger song for you, like you just want to start crying, like that kind of happens for everyone. Like, yeah, I think some songs in this one like certain line that you just have in your head all day and it just keeps coming yeah and so Isaac when we were in the I think it was the second evening I can't remember if it was the first or the second evening but they had a, an appeal for those who wanted to go and give their lives to Jesus to to come forward um and sometimes to for people to recommit as well and so do you want to tell us what happened that night like uh after the worship because obviously I'm already like gave my life to Jesus but then I think I just reconnected really well and the prayer was just so good. And Ollie like helped me prayer as well when we went down there. So that was really good. I just got connected again. Let's give a round of applause. And last but not least, this is Amy. Hi, um, I'm Amy. Uh, um, when I was at DTI, um, I started praying for one of my friends and um, I really started to see them through God's eyes 
And it really showed me that simple things that you may not think make a difference really make a difference. Because now when I see them, I can't help but smile because, yeah, God just loves people so much. And um, there was a talk and it was saying how you shouldn't live life like you go to church on a Sunday, but you should live life like you follow Jesus. And that really spoke to me. Thank you very much. And so I haven't just cherry-picked these four, but actually each of the guys who were there could have shared something at the front today. So do come and have a chat with them. And if they weren't a DTI, then our young people have also got great stories about what's happening here uh, and in their lives and their day-to-day lives as well, as well as just a, a one-off event during the summer. So, so do have a chat with them. They're not scary, I promise you, okay? You are allowed to come and say hello to them. Remember, they're soft in the middle but hard on the outside. Okay, so thank you very much, guys. It's brilliant. And I, I'm going to invite Chris up, and Chris is going to, to speak to us for 10 minutes. Uh, and before he does that, Laura's going to come and read to us. And I'll get rid of the egg. Thank you, Laura. Um, so this is from 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6 to 16 from like the Message Bible. You've been raised on the message of faith and have followed sound teaching. Now pass this counsel to the followers of Jesus there and you'll be a good servant of Jesus. Stay clear of silly stories that get dressed up as religion. Exercise daily in God. No spiritual flabbiness, please. Workouts in the gymnasium are useful, but a disciplined life in God is far more so, making you both fit today and forever. You can count on this. Take it to heart. This is why we've thrown ourselves into this venture so totally. We're banking on the living God, saviour of all men and women, especially believers. Get the word out. Teach these things. And don't let anyone put you down because you're young. Teach believers with your life, by word, by demeanour, by love, by faith, by integrity. Stay at your post, reading scripture, giving counsel, teaching. And that special gift of ministry you were given when the leaders of the church lay hands on you and prayed, keep that dusted off and in use. Cultivate these things, immerse yourself in them. The people will all see you mature right before their eyes. Keep a firm grasp on both your character and your teaching. Don't be diverted, just keep at it. Both you and those who hear you will experience salvation. Amazing. So Stephen mentioned that he managed to forget the cold and the lack of sleep at DTI. I definitely haven't been able to. It's still very much at the front of my mind. But yeah, so good morning. It's great to be talking to you guys today. I'm sure some of you, most of you know me already. Uh, My name is Chris. I'm interning here this year and I'm having an amazing time. First of all, how amazing are our young people? Just, it's incredible. I've loved being involved with them over the last eight-ish months, and two weeks ago, as Stephen said, we were at DTI in very cold Newark. In between our three hours and three hours of being generous, nights of sleep, we watched them engage with God with an all-in attitude. It was wonderful to see and reminded me of myself when I was that age and how I continue to strive to be now. So I'm going to unpack a little bit more of my story to begin with. So these are my parents. Um, To give you all some background, I'm going to start with my experience with God as I grew up. 
I was raised in a typical Christian household. Everything was great. I think as a Christian child, growing up normally is, is pretty cool. Like you have school friends, church friends, those really cool adults at church that we all had. Fun clubs to go to. I, for one, just loved it. And I know I was extremely blessed you raised into the church and it set me up so well for life. So massive thanks to my parents for that. As I got older, life started to get a little bit harder. What I didn't know as a really young child is that my dad was terminally ill and had been his whole life. At the age of eight, as in when he was eight, 24 years before I was born, he was given six months to live as, a hole in his, uh, as he had a hole in his heart that wasn't diagnosed at birth. This basically meant his whole life was a ticking time bomb and only God knew how long he had left. My parents prepared me super well and tried to teach me that my dad wasn't going to be around as long as everyone else's dad's. And although I was so well prepared, this still hit me super hard and completely shook my world. At the time, all I had was my mum, and at that point, I didn't fully gauge the idea of God. I was at that phase I think we all have, where God's kind of that good guy in the sky, and you don't really know much more. So this has made me super passionate that we properly define and explain what relationship with God is to our kids at a young age. Stephen, Louise, and their team did this amazingly, and I wish I was lucky enough to have been a part of the kids' ministry here. <laughs> He's cute, isn't he? <laughs> this all changed now. Yeah, it's gone downhill. Um, so moving on to the kids' ministry at my childhood church, I was a part of a Pentecostal church until about 18 months ago. Uh, I loved it there. It was where I built and developed my faith. It was amazing, don't get me wrong. But I was basically the only child my age, meaning that there wasn't really any sort of kids' ministry going on. My mum would try and have to entertain me at church, and I only really learned about God fully when I was old enough to start to understand what was being said at the front. This was an interesting journey. My mum gave it her all, but again, things started to get hard, and in 2013, we both started to get pretty unwell with our mental health. This eventually reached the point where my mum couldn't look after me, and I was placed into foster care. Because of the circumstances, I wasn't allowed contact with her for, for weeks. Physical contact, texts, calls, nothing at all. And this is when I first realized where my hope had to come from. I realized that I needed an all-in attitude with my faith and with God. So now I've explained my basic story up to now. I want to bring our youth into the equation. I'm going to include myself in the youth. I mean, I'm 18 for a few more months, so I think I can get away with it. Why are we important? Why should you pay attention to us? It's easy to come to church, connect with God, praise him, go to a life group in the week, and that's all excellent. Keep doing that, please. But we can make this whole process better by taking some examples from our youth. And the Bible tells you to do that, as we just read out, and I'm going to read again. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. This is just telling us that the youth are an example, and the adults look at their example. It's pretty simple. So I'm going to talk about what I call an all-in attitude, um, which I think is what our youth show, and it's something I had to rely on. Um, so my key takeaway for us all today is that we can achieve this without everything else being taken away. And you'll be blown away by how it will impact your life. Um, God has so much more for you than you realize yet, but you need to want it and fully commit to it. What I saw with our youth the other weekend at DTI opened my eyes to the fact that the whole church can take away something from watching, engaging with, and being ministered to by our youth. They get what it means to give everything into their relationship with God. 
no fear, worries, or shame. Let me define what I call an all-in attitude. For me, it was coming to understand and commit to these three things that helped me to become so much more intimate with God, and in hand, my life became better. Firstly, it's important to know that he is involved in everything. Then to know we're dependent on him, and when all else fails, he still has our back. And finally, just to know how much he loves us. I'm really jumping around the Bible, I apologise, it's just backwards and forwards and messy, but <laughs> just get ready. So, firstly, we need God. It was only when everything else I had was taken away, I knew this. I couldn't get to church because my foster care placement was in Basingstoke. I couldn't contact my mum. I'd lost my dad when I was eight. Like, it was, it was dire, but this was when I truly realised all I had was God and that he loved me. One of the things I'm so passionate about is making sure people truly understand that. And although most of us have good support networks that help us through our lives, we can cope without them. We have God. I think it's almost impossible to learn that until your support is gone. But now it's happened to me, I want you to know it is possible. It may not seem like that, and you may not believe me. That's fine. It's by human nature, it's natural. Your beliefs are based on your experiences. But let me tell you, the Bible says your help comes from the Lord. Not through your mum, your dad, your friends, your life group leaders, Google. They're helpful, and God has put them there for a reason. But if that was all taken away, and you only had God left, you'd be able to survive, but you'd really need him. And this is what it says in Psalm. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. It's pretty, it just it says it as it is. It comes from the Lord. That's all you need. It doesn't say any of the other things I mentioned. It says the Lord. And it was spending time and praying with some of our youth and the wider vineyard youth two weeks ago that brought this back to the very forefront of my mind. We have a generation of young people in what seems to be harder than ever circumstances. They may have little support at home, being bullied, lack of self-belief or identity, and hundreds of other issues. But what our young people seem to grasp is that they need Jesus. They recognize they can't do this on their own. And it's when we know this truth, we can move into everything that God has for us. From as our youth to say this, I was taken aback, and it reminded me, yes, the church as a whole really can learn from these guys. Moving on, I learned at a young age that I should be talking to God about everything. He's like my parents, my youth pastor, friends, all rolled into one. And this is something I saw again at DTI. A lot of our youth know how much God is interested in them and how they can talk to him, cast their cares on him, and trust him to come alongside them in those situations. I think in adulthood, that really easily gets lost. I know as I've got into the world of work, and, and things just seem way too small for God. Like, it doesn't seem like he would be interested in those things. But it's just not the case. He is so invested and wants to be involved in every single situation however big or small. And I think Ephesians 6.18 just says this perfectly. And praying in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Like This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that we can bring all kinds of prayers and requests. All is an incredible word. Like He doesn't just want big things, holy things, your thanks and praise. I'm sure he likes it, but he wants everything. If we ask him to come with us at school or work or in a tough home situation, or maybe we're asking for advice about a difficult friendship, marriage, or we don't know what our next step is in life, he's heard us. Hold confidence in that. The difference you see in our youth when they cast their cares upon the Lord and know he knows is amazing. Having someone that cares about all you bring to him is just empowering.
And finally, it was me knowing this incredible love for me that got me through day to day. Nobody else seemed to love me. I had a mum who, in my 13-year-old thinking, decided she didn't want me. That wasn't the case, but that's just, in that age, in that mind, it's all I could think is, she doesn't want me. And a foster family seemed just as disinterested in me. But I knew God loved me, and that was my strength. As humans, love is a super important part of life. You need to get it from somewhere. It's normally parents, friends, partners, husbands, wives that we, we look to get this from. When we have this, the hunger for God's love can easily diminish. But we need this love. We need God's love. The love is unimaginable in scale and power. Let's read from Romans. Romans 5.8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We're so undeserving. We mess up way too much. But that's why out of nothing but love, Christ was sent for our sins. And again, to relate this back to our incredible youth, we have youth in fragmented families, youth being bullied at school. But what do they think to themselves when life is getting too much and it feels as if they aren't loved and valued? God loves and values me. And I can't explain to you how powerful that is. If we can start to grasp this, everything becomes that bit easier. And these are all super encouraging and incredible things. But let me tell you, your life doesn't need to be in a mess to enter into that all-in attitude with God. This can benefit us all. Again, I'm going to talk about the youth. I've gone into a lot of detail about how having an all-in attitude teaches you more about God's ways, but there's some really key things I've seen our youth doing that shows their hunger and desire for God in their lives. Firstly, today, haven't they been amazing? Just getting stuck in, we've had them at the front, being on welcome team, they were making our bacon this morning. They're just... Their attitude is just so encouraging to me, and I'm sure all of you too. And this is, we had a time of ministry after worship at DTI, and this is them praying for each other. They're just in a circle surrounding each other, and they know they need God and they need prayer to do this. And it's just that, I think for us at church, we have ministry time, and as adults, we're fearful. Will we have the right words? Will God turn up? Will it get worse even? Will they cry? And what do we do? The youth don't have that. There's no fear. It's like we know we have God. We know that prayer is important. Let's do it. Let's run in and do it. I was kind of stood here awkwardly like, I'm just going to let them get on with this. Um, and some other examples. We have youth that meet up in their spare time to socialize and talk about life and faith, initiated by them asking their parents to help them meet up. And ultimately, the inspiration and encouragement for all this was that they got their parents to get them signed up for DTI so they could pursue God further and enjoy each other's company. Their passion and heart is just incredible. I could go on, but let's wrap up. I'm going to talk to the youth for a second. You guys are inspiring and encouraging. Seeing you pursue God without fear and you saying, I'm going all in, spurs me on to do better in my faith. Keep it up. And remember what the verse in 1 Timothy says. You are an example. Take that in your stride and show us all how it's done. My message to the whole church is simple too. Let's take our youth example to get hungry for God again. Let's submit into an all-in attitude.
Thank you, guys. So we're going to watch a video now about DTI 2020, which is going to be amazing just like this year's. I am so excited to be able to tell you that our friends in the vineyard are going to be moving their festival, Dreaming the Impossible, from Maybank Holiday to the summer, to the Staffordshire showground. And it's going to be open to everyone, to the whole church. You don't have to be in a particular group of churches to come. And the reason I'm excited is because the leaders of Dreaming the Impossible love young people. That's why they're in it. They're gifted. They're great at what they do. They've got experience in it and they want to serve you. And they, as I do, long to see young people come to know Jesus, to be equipped to serve him and to live for him for the rest of their lives. Come as a youth group. I'm gonna be there visiting. Come and join me. I'd love to see you there. youth gathering began back in 1999 when a handful of youth leaders had a dream to see young people gathered together from all around the vineyard movement. And so DTI began, starting with youth from just six churches. Every year more young people came and in 2007 it became an annual event. DTI is led by a team of youth leaders from all around the vineyard movement. We love young people and are passionate about inspiring a generation to love God, love others and change the world. In 2018, we saw over 1,200 young people and youth leaders from more than 50 vineyard churches gather together. God is doing something incredible in our midst. And over the years, we have had the privilege of seeing thousands of lives changed. Last year at DTI, I met with the Holy Spirit and felt healing in my sore knees. I was just there in worship and I felt a burst of energy come through my body. And I've never had pain in my knees since. In 2018, my friend brought me to DTI, and that's when I fell in love with Jesus and gave my life to him. I met Jesus at DTI 2016, and ever since I've been passionate about him, and now I'm being a young leader at my own church. Before DTI 2018, I felt really sad and alone, but then I decided to recommit my life to Jesus. My life's changed for the better, and I don't feel alone anymore. At DTI 2017, I had my first encounter with Jesus. It was like a wave of peace crashing over me and I had weight lifted off my shoulders. I'm so grateful for having an encounter with Jesus at DTI. I've known Jesus my whole life, but I guess I always thought he would prefer to meet with other people than me. But then one DTI evening, my head and hands started shaking and I felt his presence so powerfully and I felt closer to his love ever since. I've always been a follower of Jesus, but I'm never really strong in my faith. However, last year's DTI, I felt God speak to me and give me a glimpse of my future. Now I am baptised and I'm a lot more stronger in my faith. I might even plan a church. For some time now, we've sensed God speaking to us about moving DTI to the summer, not only to avoid exam time in the cold weather, but also to create more space for us to continue to grow. In the summer of 2019, Soul Survivor Youth Festivals, led by Mike Pilavachi, is coming to an end leaving behind an awesome legacy, having invested in thousands of young people. So from 2020, our new home will be the Staffordshire County Showground at the beginning of August. God has blessed DTI wonderfully over the years. And we believe that as a movement, we are at a juncture where God's asking us to join him in significantly expanding what we've been doing. With Soul Survivor finishing, we know that there'll be many more young people who would love to be involved in DTI than we currently 
have the resources to welcome. Stepping into this opportunity to serve the next generation is going to involve a major injection of money and people involved on team. So we're inviting you to be part of what God is doing by investing in this exciting development, by giving generously, by getting involved as volunteers, and by praying for those leading and organizing and for the young people whose lives are going to be forever changed. We can see that God just has so much more for the DTI generation and believe that now is the time to invite young people from beyond the Vineyard Movement to join us. We can see a generation rising up who are dreaming the impossible, not shaped by who the world says they are, but shaped by who God says they are. Young people who know that they are loved, known, chosen, free and secure, taking hold of all that God has for them, laying down their lives and living fearlessly for Him. God is the God of the impossible. And we're daring to dream the impossible. And we'd love for you to come with us on this adventure as we invest in the next generation together. If anyone's got a dry eye left, um, <laughs> can I firstly, can I ask you to join me in thanking both the youth and Chris and Stephen for sharing with us this morning. Thank you guys. We, we love you guys, we love your vision and we love your heart. Um, this is a very close um, this, this whole subject resonates massively with Joe and I. Um, we worked directly with children and young people for many years, and um, we were actually the ones who started that DTI thing 20 years ago. I don't know if you knew that, but that's what happened. Um, we took 45 people from six different youth groups on a weekend together in 1999, before <laughs> even you were born. <laughs> and... Um, and we led that for about six years, got to about 300 people. Uh, and then it was time for us to stop and we gratefully passed it over to some people. Um, in fact, it kind of started before that when we were at the Soul Survivor Festival. And Mike Pelavacci, that guy, sat down with us. Um, and we just got married. It was 1995. And um, he said, he just, we sat down and had a cup of tea with him. And he said, he, I just remember his words. He said, it would be a, if you two... Don't spend at least, he said, at least the next five to ten years of your life investing in young people. It would be a real waste. It would be a real shame. And I kind of feel like what I want to say to all of us as a church is, you know, whether you're directly involved as a parent or whether you're directly involved as a part of the youth team or whether you're just not directly involved at all but you're part of our church, if we don't spend at least the next five to ten years of our lives investing in the next generation, then it's a real waste. It's a real shame. It's not in the Bible, but there's a, is it a Chinese or an African proverb, the one that says it takes a community to raise a child. 
And that's the kingdom of God in a church context like this, as Chris has just beautifully demonstrated. Um, but as many of us and many of our lives will demonstrate. Um, and so um, I'm getting to the bit where this might actually cost us something. <laughs> um, as you might be aware, or as you are aware from this video, Vineyard Churches is, actually no, not from the video, as you're aware, we're part of the Vineyard Churches UK and Ireland. And across this country are 145 different churches or congregations that would call themselves Vineyard. And each of those churches, as a matter of course, regularly gives 5% of their income to the Vineyard Church to support the vision of our growing movement. And that goes to a whole bunch of things. Our main priorities and emphases are church planting, our worship and development of worship, health and growth of leaders and churches. Um, a really big one called Developing Tomorrow's Leaders, which is what this thing's part of. And also the value of kingdom impact. All of these things are important. Um, the money also goes to our national conferences and to support of our local churches through the regions and the areas. And if you don't know, Joe and I serve that movement. We're, we're area leaders for the South Coast and regional leaders for South and Southwestern Wales. And you've already seen from uh, the DTI 2020 film and you've heard the story about how it's grown over the years. And, and right back at the start of last year, at the start of 2018, the DTI team, none of this, none of what we know about Soul Survivor finishing, nobody knew that at this point. And the DTI team were praying and they were basically dreaming for more. And they were saying, Lord, what we'd really love to be able to do is to move DTI to the summer. And what we'd really love to do is go to a bigger venue. Um, but we don't want to step on the toes of Soul Survivor because that's been an amazing thing. That is an amazing thing. And basically, so they'd already felt this nudge from God to do something. Um, and then effectively Mike Pelavacci from Soul Survivor came and said we are stopping and we would love you to be one of the people that fill the gap because we recognize there's going to be a big gap when Soul Survivor stop and if you know what's anything about Soul Survivor I think over the course of a year across the different festivals they do Soul Survivor reached something like 28,000 young people in this country okay so so when it became clear that Soul Survivor was stopping this triggered a really brilliant conversation, an invitation for us as a whole movement to get behind what the DTI team were doing and say, should we consider stepping up our investment into the next generation, making a significant investment to the future, not only of our movement, but to the future of the whole of our country and the young people across the whole of the UK. And so the site in Stafford that you saw on the video has a capacity for 5,000, and so far DTI has done brilliantly at about 12, 1,300. But obviously that's a lot of more, that's a lot more infrastructure, it's a lot more finance, and it's tons more volunteers. I mean, they need 500 volunteers to make this thing work. We've already signed up. I mean, at the National Youth, at our, our National Leaders Conference earlier in the year, this vision was shared early, early in 2019. And there were about maybe 1,200 leaders also present representing the different churches. And we were invited to give. And to be honest, the response was overwhelming. And something, like th something well over £300,000 was given towards this vision. And since then, that fund has increased to well over £400,000. Um, the money will enable the DTI team to plan the expansion of that event to the summer, not just for next year, but for many years, and also the building of service teams and leaders and the building of momentum through DTI nano events. We've hosted one here, a local, more local regional event, and other gatherings of youth throughout 
the year. And so because this is such an unprecedented moment in the life of our movement, John and Debbie and the leadership of the vineyard just wanted to extend that invitation to everyone who's connected with a vineyard church in any way to be involved if you'd like to be. There is no pressure. We are not going to force anybody, but we want to simply invite you as part of the vineyard movement to consider investing in the next generation. You know, um, it's our prayer that in the years to come, when God is working powerfully in the lives of thousands of our young people, we want to, this is our prayer, that we can look back and say we're part of that story. That's why I find myself in tears when I talk about this stuff. Because I now know young people who were young people then and are now grown-ups who are leading churches and leading significant ministries. Like the guy who led worship at DTI in 2002 or 2003. You know, there are just people around who do that. And I would love all of us to have the opportunity to say we played our part. We, we, we invested we were part of that story. So simply that's what we're going to do today. For the last couple of years, um, Joe and I have been back to DTI, part of the enabling team, which basically means holding the tissues for the prayer ministry people. Uh, we love it. Um, as the event's grown, they need more and more mums and dads like that. Um, we haven't really got the energy to do all the jumping around and, and all, all of that that the, um, the, the, the main team do. But to be honest, we just love being around what God is doing with young people. It's a real privilege to see. And so we are already invested. We're already committed to giving to this cause over and above our regular giving. And we're committed to serving at the event next year. And we'd just love to extend that invitation to you guys. And so with that in mind, I wonder if you might consider your response to this. There's no compulsion, but simply an invitation. Um, if you choose to give money, it'll be a one-off gift or an ongoing pledge. I want you to consider it as over and above what we would normally give to the, to the church here. Okay, um, and the money will go straight to vineyard churches. We won't be holding on to it. There is a card. There are some cards dotted around, and there's some envelopes. Just let me explain for a minute practically how this is going to work, and then we're just going to pray, and then I'm going to give you the chance to respond the way you want to. So on this card, there are three ways that we, you can respond to what you're hearing this morning. Uh, one is to give, one is to serve, and one is to pray. If you look at the prayer first, simply there are some prayer points on the front of the card. And we would simply love you to take that away and to commit to praying on a regular basis. We would love it if you would do that. Um, secondly, uh, just flip over to the back of the card and um, serving. Specifically, it's the 1st to the 5th of August 2020. And if you would like to be there to work, not to hang out, but to work, they're looking for sort of five to six hours a day uh, on Teams. There are a whole bunch of things. And if you would be interested in doing that, then you can fill the card in. Give us the details, um, put it in the offering or put it at the back of the Connect desk and we will follow up on that. Um, but the most important one is the giving one. And just, so just practically how to give. There are two or three different ways. You can give online via this link, winvin.org.uk, DTI, donate. Or you can give uh, in cash in the envelopes. Um, if you are an existing giver in this church, if we already have your gift aid details, if you've signed a gift aid mandate, whether it be online or on paper, um, all you simply need to do is go to the online link and give there, or put money or checks in the envelope and just pop your name on. You don't need all your details, just your name so that we can cross that off against your gift aid uh, pledge that we've already got, okay? So if you are somebody who normally gives, do it online. To be honest, online is the easiest way. <laughs> 
Um, if you are, have not signed a gift aid declaration, but you would like to, the easiest way is to do that online, or you can just give cash in the envelopes, or you can just give cash um, in the offering. All of the cash, anything that's given today in our offering will go towards this um, project, this vision. Is that okay? Is that clear? So the link's there, and what I would love to do is, I'd love us to take about three or four, two or three minutes. I'm going to pray, and we're just going to be quiet. Perhaps the band would like to come and um, see, if there's, uh, see if we can worship. But we, and we'll have a chance for ministry in a minute as well. I think there are some things the Lord wants to do. But first, we just want to uh, honor what God is doing, and I would just love us to give us a chance to reflect. And listen, don't do this under compulsion. If you want to go home and think about it and come back next week, Thanks, Chris. We've got a bass player anyway. That'll be fun. <laughs> the rest of the band are having a cigarette outside today or something. <laughs> Did I say that? <laughs> Sorry. Why don't we pray? Why don't we pray? So, oh, Father, we thank you for the incredible um, testimonies that we've heard this morning. And we thank you for the vision that has been shared with us. And we thank you for uh, the, the DTI team and their, just their vision uh, and their passion to invest in young people and to see this thing grow. And Lord, we're at this, while we're at it, we thank you for Mike Pavacci and the Soul Survivor movement. And Lord, may this summer be just a glorious, a glorious celebration as they finish this year. Um, but Lord, as you're calling us as a vineyard movement to step into the breach, to step into that gap, and uh, to love and honor young people from the Vineyard Movement and further afield, Lord. We just pray your blessing on that vision. And for each of us now, as would you just speak to us about what we should give or how we should invest in this next generation? We thank you for all the resources you give us. And we pray that you bless this project, this vision, this event. And we bless us as we choose to give or respond today. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh man, why don't you just take a moment, fill in the card. The guys are going to pass around the offering baskets in a second. Um, go for it. a chance to pray for one another in a moment but just before we do as we stand I would love it if you, there is a young person that you know it may be a member of your family it might be one of the guys who shared this morning it might be someone in your community or your neighborhood why don't we pray for those young people and so if you're able to stand why don't you and if there's somebody who's on your heart why don't you put a hand just over your heart now and I'm going to pray out loud and please feel free to add your prayers but Father God, we want to pray for those young people who we know and that we love. We pray that you would help them in the challenging situations they find themselves in. We pray that they would know you to be real in those places. 
Dear Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come and meet them in their questions. We ask that you would make your presence real as they wonder whether you're there or not. Jesus, I open that you'd ask that you'd open the eyes of their hearts to see you and you'd fill them with your presence and your power to live lives that are worthy of you. And Father, I ask that you'd help us too. You'd help us to see the example of the young people we know and however old we are, to live as good examples for those around us. So our team are going to pass the offering baskets around now if you'd like to contribute. And we have got a t- some time for ministry and I know some of our young guys would love to pray um, for you. And if you're a member of a life group and you'd like to come and pray too, then come forward. And to begin with, to begin with, we're going to pray for people who would like to either give their life to Jesus for the first time, like some of the young people did at DTI. Or maybe you're in a place today where you say, actually, I want to recommit. I feel kind of God is just calling me, maybe for the hundredth time, just to stand up and say, yes, I'm all in. So if that's you, we'd love to pray with you. So if you're happy to come and pray for someone, guys, why don't you come and stand at the front because you're going to pray, aren't you? Yes, you're going to pray. Well done. You did it last week. You can do it again now. That'd be lovely. And so if you'd like to either come to Jesus for the first time or to give your life back to him, now would be a great time to come forward and it might be that you've come to church with a different need today you need provision you need healing as Chris said nothing is too small and nothing is too big for God and so if you'd like someone to pray with you why don't you come now don't leave these guys hanging they'd love to pray for you so come and they'll pray